Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Inside the Five. It's Stav. It's Will. And it's Griff. And today, we have a football super episode. I mean, we're going to start with week nine, go over a few of those games. Then we're going to get into our predictions for week 10. Boys, what do we say? Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Inside the Five. Let's recap our week nine prediction, boys. Um, This is a bad overall week for all of us. There were 13 games, low amount, but that means we didn't really do that well. So Will and I both went 46% for the spreads. Griff, you went 31. (laughs) Making our total for the entire season for the spreads, I'm leading the uh, group at 52%. Will's second at 49 and nice. Griff, you're in last with 42. Okay, but okay. That's not bad. You got to think that's the best best betters in the world go like 60%. So being that low off isn't that bad. We're, we're right there, and you can still pick it up. You can have a few good weeks, and you're right back there. All right, right. but anyways, for the over-unders, though, we did better, right? So Will and I both had 54%, and Griff, you were at 46 But that's okay. That's not bad. So, no, some notable wins that I would like to talk about. I had Washington plus three and a half against the Vikings. They only lost by three. Um, Will, you had Baltimore minus two and a half. You were the only one who picked that, surprisingly, a little bit. But yeah, yeah. Griffin and I thought the Andy the Raven yeah. or the the Saints at home could actually do something. We were mistaken. And a notable win for me, I had Atlanta. Oh, another one for me. I had Atlanta plus three and a half. Against the Chargers, wow. we all picked the Patriots. We all picked the Seahawks. We all picked the the Buccaneers, but Will and I just picked the the Titans for that. And then Griff, you you had just plus twelve and a half. My lock of the week didn't hit, right? My lock of the week was Buffalo minus twelve and a half. That wasn't even close to hitting. But you guys, congratulations to you. Both of your locks hit. Round of applause for you guys. What are the standings for lock of the week now? Um. Oh, I don't have them up all the way, but I know I think me we're and a game Stav behind. Tied. Me and yeah. Stav are tied um, mm-hmm. a game behind Will. So Will's still in first place. Um, Will, you better not be coming second. You better not come yeah. in second. I, Griff, should we just collude and just like. Well, the thing is, one of us has to overtake him. Well, he's at first, right? So first place, he has to buy himself a jersey. Yeah, but if no. I take the second, then you have to buy a jersey. No, no, no. No, me. I have to. Oh, oh okay. I'm not buying a jersey. Yeah, if you come so, in last, you have to. What? If I come in last? Yeah. No, because I'm coming in last. <laughs> well, Griff, we should collude and make sure Will gets first. No, I want Will to get last. We have a lot. There's a lot of season left. You're right. 
You're right, because if in last he has to buy a jersey. For me. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. So we we have a little more stipulation on the line. Well, sorry, but you're gonna buy a jersey. Um, all right, let, let's let's uh let's stop with all this tomfoolery and get right into week nine action. How about that? Really wasn't too much exciting football this week, but hey, there's no such thing as a bad slate. Um, let's start off with Will and I's New England Patriots against the Indianapolis Colts at home. Patriots minus five and a half, they were favored, and they won. They delivered defensively, they were absolutely dominant. Jonathan Jones had a pick six. They sacked Sam Ellinger nine times. Matt Judon leads the league in sacks with 11 and a half. Will, tell me, is this defense good enough for the Patriots to actually make a push to the playoffs? I want to say yes. I just uh, it, The defense can help make a push. It's really the offense on the weeks that we play teams that we need to win. Like yeah. Obviously, I said in the last episode, this is a win that we needed to win. It's a must-win game because we have a tough three games coming up that are going to be challenging. I believe we played the Vikings next week. Which we no, talk. we have the we have the Jets next next week, then the Vikings, then the Bills. Jets again. Well, I mean that's that's nothing. That's not really good either because the Jets just had a big win yeah. against the Bills, so it's not really not really an ideal situation for the Pats. I want to say the defense can carry us possibly to a playoff spot. It really depends on the Jets, though. Griff, from an outsider's perspective, kind of, I'm going to ask you a similar question. We know the defense is a top-tier defense, right? Like, that defensive line has been playing outstanding all season, and the secondary has stepped up to the plate. You know, that was a big question surrounding them in the, yeah. the offseason, going into the season, especially in the preseason a little bit, too, is the secondary can step up. But you got guys like Jonathan Jones playing up to cornerback one potential, and you have Jack Jones, a rookie, who's making a strong case for defensive rookie of the year. He has the highest PFF grading for a corner even higher than Sauce Gardner. I know PFF ranking isn't really like yeah. the best stat to go by, but he's putting up good numbers. I mean, he doesn't have the same volume as Sauce Gardner, who I'm not taking anything away from Sauce. Sauce is a top-tier corner in the entire league, but Jack Jones is putting his name out there, right? He's putting his name in the mix for Defensive Rookie of the Year, but the offense has been very questionable. Griff, do you think that this offense can limit their mistakes to let the Patriots make a push to the playoffs? Um, well, kind of looking at this is saying, you know, what part of the offense do they really need to focus on? In my opinion, it's the run game. I think that um, the run game is something for years the Patriots offense has been uh, almost electrifying. And, and this is another year where they have two starting running backs on their team. Damian Harris, who's currently hurt right now, will be back in a couple of weeks, if not next week. Um, but you know, going into the second half of the season, looking at the opponents they play, they play the Jets, who are tough against the run, against the pass as well. But this next Jets game right now um, at Gillette, 1 o'clock, we'll talk about it, obviously. That's a must-win game. And a lot of these games looking uh, out for the rest of the season are very good matchups, in my opinion, for the New England Patriots, as long as they can control their run game the whole time. Don't make Mac Jones go out there and make mistakes. Uh, just give him kind of easy setups. Um, let him play the system. Let him master the system. Once a quarterback masters the system, he's going to be a lot more comfortable. That's kind of why we saw him out in the second year. He thought he did. He hasn't gone off to a hot start. Control the run game. Let that lead into the pass game. The defense will win you games, and that could easily lead them to the playoffs. Um, but, but you're right, Will. Looking at uh, the AFC East in general, it's not only the Jets, but the Dolphins as well. The Dolphins, the only team in the AFC East with a ne negative plus minus in 
terms of point differential. Um, I could totally see the Dolphins either turning up or completely shutting it off. I, I don't see really an even battle where it's going to come down to one of those last weeks. I, I, I think that the Patriots, as long as they stay through their course, obviously winning two games in a row, they can get this one against the Jets and then the week after that a big one against the Vikings. So That's really Thanksgiving. That yes. game is Thanksgiving on primetime. That's going to be a good game, I think. And I think our defense is going to come to play. You know, when you think of the Patriots right now, the first thing you think of is like Matt Judon and that, uh, that defensive unit. And they're good enough to stop a good offense, in my opinion. It's just where they ran, where they've run into trouble this season is against mobile quarterbacks. We've had yeah. a lot of trouble against mobile quarterbacks, but the Vikings and Kirk Cousins, that he's not a mobile quarterback, right? So I, I not a primetime quarterback either. When it comes down to that, I think the Patriots have a better shot than people think. And if they can string together a few wins, that Buffalo game might determine a lot, especially because we don't know about Josh Allen's health going forward. So if the Bills drop a few games and the Patriots kind of make their way back up, who's to say the Patriots can't be second or third in this division like within the weeks coming up? Because an injury to Josh Allen would derail that entire team. Like I, I don't think – who's their backup? Is it Chase Daniel? Yeah, uh, I think it's Chase Daniel, yeah. I, I, I don't think – Case Keenum, Case Keenum. Case Keenum, same thing. I, I don't think Case Keenum is that – actually, you know what? I'm not ruling out Case Keenum. And I'm going to end quote there. I mean, I, I trust his connection with Stephon Diggs, but that's besides the point. He's not Josh Allen, obviously. But I, I think the Patriots could do his, their job against Case Keenum in a game, hypothetically, that Josh Allen couldn't start, especially at home, Thursday Night Football. Especially if it's long-term. Josh, the anchor of that offense and that team, like they all, he is the offense. Yeah, Yeah. like if he's out for who knows how long, possibly season, like that team's done. Yeah. All right. Anyways, um, let's talk about the other side of this matchup between the Patriots and the Colts. The Colts really cleaned house this past week after this loss to the Patriots, and they they hired a questionable interim head coach in Jeff Saturday. Mm -hmm. Right, Jeff Saturday is obviously a Colts legend, an NFL legend at that, ESPN analyst. Um, obviously, he knows the game of football, but an interesting stat that I wanted to to bring up. Uh, Jeff Saturday, last time he coached any football team was in 2020, right? It was a high school football team, and that team went 2-8. and eight. <laughs> So... Now, was he working in the staff before... No. No. So he hasn't coached he knows a game nothing. in general since high school football. Yeah, in and not only at that, he obviously had to bring along a staff, right? Yeah, no one on that staff, excuse me, has ever called plays at the professional level. So yeah, I saw that they were running like the create. It was like some operations assistant's going to be calling the offense this week. So that. <laughs> We'll, we'll get to week 10 later on in the episode, but it's like, yeah. you're an NFL team. What are you doing? Like, you can't, if you're going to fire your coach, you got to have a backup in play that, like, within the organization that can help will you through the rest of the season. Because if uh, the Colts right now, it looks like they're done. They're looking, they look like they're throwing yeah. in the white towel. Their season's over from what they, this move is. I don't know if you can necessarily blame Frank Reich. It's not like it, he was on the offensive line blocking for Sam Ellinger and he, he didn't hurt Jonathan Taylor himself. Like, I don't know. No, I, you're very right. But I mean, I think, I think this team is just straight up at three, five and one going into tank mode. And I actually, I don't see them winning another game this year. I don't think they're going to win another game this year. 
looking out at their schedule, uh, their their easiest chance at winning is that last week against the Texans. That might be for the first pick in the draft. That yeah, last game right there. It's gonna be a tank fest over there. But yeah, so all right. I, I I really and and to speak on Jeff Saturday, um, an absolute legend, as you said, Stav, but it, it didn't really make much sense when he got named the head coach. Usually, if you're halfway through the season, you fire your head coach. You either bring in an older coach with a lot of experience who has a lot of staff that he can bring over, or you just bump up somebody on the coaching staff. Instead, he, they went with, I mean, a direction where a guy that's never been a head coach and even a coach at that in the NFL, I mean, it's almost obvious that they're tanking, and, and I really don't think they're going to win another game this year. So, I mean, that's really all I have to, to add to that because it, it's such an interesting situation. There's really no reason to add a coach who has never coached. Especially mid-season. Like, yes. I would I would justify it a little bit more if it was the offseason. But if you're going to fire your head coach, usually somebody within the organization, like an offensive coordinator or an offensive assistant at that, at least steps up and knows what he's doing, can call the same plays that they've been practicing since the beginning of August. Now it's the middle of November, and you do, you have to install a completely new offense in a week, which mm-hmm. it's going to be a dumpster fire. How, like, obviously, like we, we all know football. This is what's going to happen. Jeff Saturday and the Colts they have to install the most simple offense possible, so they yeah. can click and whatnot, and the plays can be there. The communication between the sideline and the quarterback, and obviously, simple offense leads to easy stops on defense. And the Raiders have a good defense. So I, I completely expect them to dominate this game. We'll get to that later on, but that, that's not going to be a pretty game. But let's move on to the next game we have on the slate. Uh, we have the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. What is wrong with the Packers? I like you. If you told me preseason that they would be in an absolute dumpster fire, that they wouldn't be able to score on the Detroit Lions, the worst defense in the entire league, especially the worst secondary in the entire league, I would call you crazy, right? I mean, they have their injuries and whatnot, but you scored nine points against the Detroit Lions. And, and, and you know what, Stav? That that loss to Lions caps off five losses in a row after three straight wins. They're now at three and six. And I think a large part of this is just straight up the locker room. I think that um, any team that has Aaron Rodgers has to have veterans. You know, they, they went out, they got a bunch of young receivers. I don't think that was the right move. That's why he loves Alan Lazard. And that's why while Randall Cobb was healthy, he loved him as well. He he doesn't really like gelling with younger players because they don't relate in any sense. That's why, he's, I mean, for years, Aaron Rodgers' favorite teammates were offensive linemen and older receivers. He likes to be with people around his age, and I think that's just straight up a lot of the issue. I think it's the chemistry of the team. This defense, who is actually pretty good, hasn't been performing as well either. That's when you have to start talking about coaching. And I think that overall, there's just too many negatives that outweigh the positives that Aaron Rodgers, uh, Jones, you know, the guys on the defense, Kenny Clark and and Preston Smith. I think that it kind of outweighs it. Just the the pros and cons of this team, they're so con heavy that even with, I mean, what's this, two MVPs in a row, he's going for his third at some point, something had to be messed up. They don't have enough money to bring anybody in. Um, they're still looking for OBJ. It's not worth it. They're at three and six. And Aaron Rodgers should be done, in my opinion, because he really needs to surround himself with veterans. I mean, so he can be happy. As long as he's happy, the team's going to perform well. And we've seen it since week one. He's been pissed off. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, you saw since week one, 
He wasn't happy. Literally, first play of week one, a wide open receiver dropped the ball, and that was right from then. You knew the season wasn't going to be good for them, especially the way he handled that. He was just automatically pissed. I mean, I can understand being mad because that was literally a, a touchdown, but like for the rest of the season, their their team chemistry is literally at rock bottom. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they had a rebuild coming soon. Well, what I don't understand, like I, I guess I'm taking more side of Aaron Rodgers here, but why is it not talked about that the Packers screwed him over? Right? You have a quarterback who's in the twilight of his career who's been visibly frustrated with the organization, right? Like, and his demand, I mean, he got his bag, so I guess you can't really complain, but like they didn't they have no, nothing to help him throughout his career. I mean, like, they've hit on draft picks in early in his career, right? Like, you got Jordy Nelson. Donald Driver obviously was there before he got there. Like, those guys were organizational pieces that helped them and helped Aaron Rodgers develop the career that he's had. However, now, when was the last time they drafted a first-round receiver? Like, we don't know. And it's one of those things where it's like, you you got to feel bad for the guy. He's a legend. He's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And you're wasting his career basically by putting Romeo Dobbs on the field and Christian Watson, who, who they're young, but they, they're not familiar with how he operates, like we've said, and they're not NFL ready yet, right? You, you mm-hmm. could, how excellent receivers really develop is with great chemistry from your quarterback and veteran receivers in that locker room. There's no communication between the receivers and there's no veteran receivers in that locker room other than Randall Cobb, who wasn't, who was never a wide receiver one at his peak. So it's as well right now. Exactly. So it's hard. Like how I want to relate it to is like, you look at the, the Bengals, right? Like it's easy. Just off the top of my head, how Jamar chase worked out with Joe Burrow. Obviously they played in college, but you had Tyler Boyd in that locker room and CJ Uzama, who's like, who, who like have been there through the bad times and can lead guys and they're good leaders and you never hear anything bad about those guys in locker rooms. And it, it's just, it's unfortunate the Packers are wasting his time, really. I mean, they gave him the bag, but what are they doing with it, right? You pay your quarterback yeah. and nothing leads out of it. So right. I, I think... I mean, especially in the last remaining years of his career, I don't see him going anywhere else unless this offseason... A little prediction here. He, he might go to San Fran, if not Brady. I think somebody ends up there. Um, I don't think San Fran believes in Trey Lance. But um, the Packers, I mean, people have been praying on their downfall. They're finally getting it. And I don't think there's any chance they turn this around because we've been talking about it for weeks. It's kind of similar to how I feel about the Patriots, but in a different way because obviously Aaron Rodgers isn't on the Patriots. Their best player is their running back. And, and he he does not get utilized enough. And that's what's led them to tough losses on games where there hasn't been, you know, that high of a score. If you can run the ball, you control the game. And that, I mean, leads to seams for Aaron Rodgers to find these inexperienced, oh, shoot. almost stupid receivers. Josh McDaniels got fired. Did he? Yeah. The next Patriots OC. That happened 36 – oh, no, I just got got – Oh, oh, you're the on line by a the fake Barrett. Adam Schefter. It literally says Adam Schefter not. Yeah, but when I looked at it, right, it was like this. And it's the verified account, and it says like NFL above, like the topic discussion. Mm. I got got. 
No. Yeah, everybody, I want to say everybody today that the verifications came out, um, people are just making fake accounts. Somebody made a LeBron James account saying he requested a trade, and it, it's a verified account. <laughs> oh, my God. This Twitter Dude. update is going to change very soon. Oh, my God. That is awesome. Yeah, Adam, man, that's that's uh, tough stuff. Even Adam yeah. Chef, even Adam Schefter. No, he didn't. All right, never mind. All right, all right. <laughs> all right as a, let's move on. Quick yeah. refresh. Move on to the next one. Okay. Um, next game we have on the slate. We have the Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. The Bills were favored by twelve and a half in this game. This was my lock of the week, and it didn't hit. The Jets won outright off of defensive pressure, making the Bills make mistakes. And their run game was solid again. Like, yep. I I don't understand, right? When I watched the Jets last week against the Patriots, they stunk, right? Like, their their offense was could, like couldn't move the ball. They stunk. Zach Wilson was making terrible decisions. And then you fast forward literally one week, you face the Buffalo Bills at home, and you beat them, right? Mm-hmm. And everything they did wrong against the Patriots, they did right against the – against the Bills, but it doesn't make any sense to me. And why do the Bills always play down to their opponents? Every week. It's every week. And, and and I don't think it's just that. I think that the Jets play up to their opponents as well because, in my opinion, an offense where Zach Wilson throws the ball 25 times, that's the perfect number. That's the magic number. And then going down to look at their rushing game, I mean – Another week where James Robinson has learned the system, you give him 13 carries for 48 yards, you give Michael Carter 12 carries, 76 yards, that is textbook right there. That is exactly what you need from that running back by committee now that Brees Hall is hurt. The defense has been good all year. Sauce Gardner is going not only for defensive rookie of the year, but potentially all pro. I mean, he's been insane the whole year, in my opinion. I think he's going to be a pro bowler. Garrett Wilson had a day as well. This was a perfect, perfect New York Jets football game, in my opinion. This is the best that they can play was this week. They play up to their opponents. I mean, especially against the Bills team, obviously, like you expect the Bills to go out every single week and possibly blow out their opponent. Like you you would probably go with the expectation that the Bills are going to go out and possibly win by two touchdowns. Like it should be a no-brainer. Their defense is good. Their offense is good. They just have not been playing like – that style of football all year. Last year, they were firing on all cylinders. They're not really doing the same this year. And obviously now with Josh Allen Hurt, this team is going to be, have a completely different look going forward. Yeah. Um, but shout out to the Jets, you know, because what did I say last episode? I said usually this is where the Jets fall off in their season. Uh, yes. And it, it starts – and they proved me wrong. And I'm glad to admit when I'm wrong, especially in in something like this where the Bills lose because I'm not a notable – I'm a noted Bills hater, but I I don't know who's the best. Like, if I had to pick a team, I I think the Dolphins are the best team in the AFC right now. And we'll get to that game. In all of the AFC or the AFC East? No, in all of the AFC. AFC. I think they're better than Kansas City, and I think they're definitely better than Buffalo. Um, We'll go to the next game on the slate, which is the Dolphins and – the, the Bears, I mean, I, I for those who don't know, obviously we're kind of skipping around the slate. Yeah. Had a lot of games not worth talking about. Um, 
Dolphins win this game by a score of 35-32, a high-scoring game. But let it's too a good quarterback. Like no, I, he puts up numbers. Numbers don't lie, but they kind of do in this situation. Numbers lie when you're giving the ball to Tyree Kill seven times and he has 143 yards. All 143 of those yards are Tyree Kill getting wide open in a flat and making moves off. And same with his touchdown, Jalen Waddle as well. Those are two playmakers where if you just give them the ball, no matter where they are on the field, they're due to, I mean, break long for runs. It's the same as a run game. You hand the ball off, you're expecting like a 30-yard rush, a 40-yard rush here and there. You're just hitting Tyreek down on, on a, like a little dump down, and Tyreek Kill is taking off. And same with Jay. Jalen Waddle. Now, when you have a run game that now has Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, when you give them more carries, they're going to be electric. Tua's in the perfect position to succeed. Any quarterback that has any sort of frame um, physically and any sort of brain mentally is going to be able to perform in this offense. He threw for 300 yards. I mean, picture any other quarterback in this offense. You picture Justin Herbert in this offense. If the if the Miami Dolphins took Herbert the pick before instead of Tua. I mean, they'd be undefeated right now. I'm going to say it. I don't. I like Tua. I don't love Tua. I have a Tua Tungavailoa jersey in my closet, but he's not that good of a quarterback. You put Justin Fields in this quarterback, and at quarterback, I think that Justin Fields performs around the same that Tua's performing right now, like, if not better. It just looks like I, I'm trying not to hate because, like everyone and all my group chats, because I know a lot. I'm of not a hater either. I just like, don't think he's actually as good as these numbers are saying. I think numbers are lying. I think he's good. He's not great. Like I think his offense would be a pro bowler. Just like, they doesn't play well again for another year. Like they're moving on. So like, why not see what he can do at max potential with the max out team at this I, point? Like I hypothetically, think- like if they went another year without any weapons, they didn't do anything. They did this off season, and Tua just sucked. Like they're moving on halfway through the season. I think they move on from Tua regardless. If I'm being I honest, I, I think if Lamar Jackson is like on a free agent and he wants to go home, they will sign Lamar Jackson and trade. I mean, yeah, him. I mean, if Lamar Jackson is a free agent, I think any team will take him. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, because I've seen the argument that two is their franchise quarterback. I don't think oh. the Dolphins think that because wait, pause, pause. That just popped up into my head. Should the Seahawks sign Lamar Jackson? Yeah, why not? That would be electric. Wait, th- that offense would be electric. I think every team should sign Lamar Jackson. Like, try and every like, team should sign. He should just play one game for each team. And yeah. then at halftime, he can change to the other squad. Yeah, he could do it. <laughs> well, yeah. well, if Lamar Jackson was that middle linebacker, you guys ran Oklahoma, are you getting past him? No. Okay. I like how we're more realistic in this episode. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> about that too. Like, how unrealistic. Whatever. That's besides the point. I don't know how we got <laughs> onto this topic. But oh yeah, back to the Dolphins and Tua. The Dolphins. I'll watch the Dolphins, right? And I just look at that offense and I'm like, this qu- this isn't quarterback play. It's all play design. Yes. The Dolphins are putting him in position to succeed, which is what you're supposed to do, right? They're doing what they're supposed to do. But if the game is on the line and it's fourth and like 15. I don't trust Tua to make a throw no. 15 yards down the field. And, Never like, Dolphins fans will always pull up, like, oh, his air yards are 7.2 per throw. I'm like, yeah, because he throws, like, at the sticks every single time. 
Like, yeah. it's not like he's throwing it deep and taking shots. No, he, he's just dumping it off and, like, taking right at the sticks. It's RPOs, like, five-yard in routes, seven-yard in routes, seven-yard in routes, like, all the way down the field, which it's not a bad thing, like I said, but it's just, like, I feel like he's getting a lot of love when I think more love should go to Tyreek and Jalen Waddle than anyone else. Yeah, By I agree, far. 100%. 100%. I do want to, while we're on the topic of this game, I want to look at the Bears side because Justin Fields yeah. set the regular season record for most rushing yards by a quarterback in a game at 178. Um, he took off 15 times. He had 178 yards. I think that's also second most all time. First most was Colin Kaepernick. He had like, a, remember that playoff game? He had 181 yeah. yards. But Justin Fields, regular season record holder in a loss, but the bears put up 32 points against the dolphins who Stav says is the best team in the AFC. The bears had, you know, at three and six, haven't looked too bad. You know, they, they put up 29 points. It's really the defense because they sold house. I mean, they cleaned everybody out of that defense. The offense has been turning up ever since the defense folded. And that's why they're losing games. They're going to lose all season, but I'm saying next year, the, the bears might be pretty good if they keep believing in fields because he's been pulling through. Yeah, they, they've switched their offensive play style more to, like, Baltimore. I don't know if you guys have picked that up, and I think it's, there's been some reports yeah. that they've been stealing plays from the Ravens, as they should. I, I love Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is a great quarterback right now, and he's doing his Agreed. job. And he's making something out of nothing on a lot of these plays. Like, their offensive line isn't protecting for him. They don't really have the best of receivers, but he's doing his thing, right? He's getting 170 yards on the ground. He's rushing for a lot of touchdowns. He's still he's making some good throws, too. It's like you look at Justin Fields, and it's like he is the one player on that team who you can't blame for any of this. And I really hope he gets the help he deserves, especially on the offensive side. Like, we talked about this last episode. They're making moves and going sideways instead of going forwards or backwards. You know, you trade Roquan Smith, your best player on defense, but then you trade for Chase Claypool. So it's like, are you buying or are you selling? Why are you in the middle here? Right. So it, I it think that I think that move was to kind of let Fields and Claypool grow together. They're going to be together for a few years. That's kind of the foundation. I think they're building the foundation. I actually kind of like the moves that they made because they're getting younger at the wide receiver position. And, and even though a few of these moves they've made, such as Nikhil Harry, hasn't been really exciting. That's a young guy who's growing with another young quarterback. You can almost relate the Claypool move to a Justin Herbert, Mike Williams type situation where, you know, Keenan Allen's the wide receiver one on that team, as is on the bear side. Uh, what's his name? The short Mooney, in my opinion, Mooney is the wide receiver one over there, but they're going to turn into a dynamic duo. Not this year. I, I'm going to say next year, or the year after that, and they're going to be pretty good together. They're going to grow together. They're going to learn the way uh, each other plays and they're going to bounce off each other very well. I do like the Claypool move a lot but they are not going to do anything with that this year. That was a move made for the future. I think that was a great move. That's just the way that I see it. I don't know if that's how the Bears see it, but that's the way that I see it. That's a, that's a wide receiver that's going to be with them for the next five, six, seven years. Because they're both so young. Years played in the NFL. like Yeah, exactly. Claypool has experience, you know, and he's done good in his past, and, and he's kind of on a backwards trail because his quarterback is Kenny Pickett. Justin Fields kind of, you know, is iffy. He's on and off. He doesn't have a true wide receiver one. Claypool could grow into that and put Mooney in the slot. And now, boom, you just need one more guy to solidify that wide receiver room. You have a great run game. And then you need to, you know, youth youthen up that defense 
and, and let the whole team grow together, just like Seattle is doing right now. Seattle, Pete Carroll, the greatest rebuilder in all of football. He hates having good teams. He just loves rebuilding. He's like a he likes to go on to like Madden and go on to franchise mode with the worst team and just rebuild them every single day. That's what he does. That's why we sold Russ. I, I've been relating back to the Seahawks the whole day, but it just makes sense. You know, when your team isn't good, you get as young as possible and then you go from there. Because from there you have so many picks, kind of like what the Thunder do. And I think the Bears, this these, these are the best steps that they've made so far is selling Roquan for some picks, selling Quinn for some picks, getting young with Chase Clay pull out wide receiver where they don't have any receivers. The Bears who are putting up points, the only reason they're losing is because they're giving up a ton of points. They're going to figure it out at some point, and it's going to be next year, if not the year after that. I like the Bears going on into the future. They're pretty good, especially if Fields can run the ball like that all the time. Like, if he can sit, like obviously not record-breaking numbers, but like if he can consistently run for a good amount of yards yeah. every single game, they're going to be able to move the chains. That'll and that'll open up the pass game, and he can throw the ball. He can throw the ball. They just don't let. Him. They have two good running backs. Yes, then they just don't have a good defense. Yeah. All right. Next game on the slate, we have. I actually, I want to talk briefly about this game. We have the Carolina Panthers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Mixon. What? Well, how about five touchdowns for him? And and they were all in the first half, right? He had five first four, half. Four in the first. Four half. in the first half. That's right, and then he scored on I think on the first drive of the second half. Wow, what a performance from Mixon! Um, we all had the Panthers plus seven and a half, which is kind of stupid in my opinion. I, look, yeah. I mean, hindsight's all twenty twenty, but good for the Bengals, good for Mixon. Uh, they're looking to make a push for the AFC North. I think that's really it from that game. Yeah, I mean, good game from him. Good game as well from T. Higgins. I want to see him get activated a little bit more in that offense for when Jamar Chase gets back to have those that kind of three-headed snake over there with Higgins, Boyd, and obviously Chase. Uh, that needs to get activated if they're going to want to do anything. They're winning a lot of these games, and they look good, but then they have tough losses just like they did to the Browns and then a close one to the Ravens, which, I mean, was kind of a toss-up game, but you know, at five and four, this is where their season could really take off. And they have a good schedule looking forward onto on the future of the season as well. So, mm-hmm. Stav, you've been talking about the Bengals a lot. And, and I think that they're setting themselves up. It's really just a matter of when Jamar Chase comes back, how how is the rest of that wide receiver room going to perform? And if they did what they did last season, they're going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Griff's Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals. That's a sweep, 
right? That's yep. a sweep of the Cardinals. Griff, how do yep. you feel right now? I mean, I feel like I ask this question every week. Uh, we all had Seattle plus two here. I think that was an obvious choice. I mean, it was obvious. I mean, there was no reason for us to be an underdog in this game because, you know, a three and five Arizona Cardinal team going up against a five and three Seattle Seahawks team, a Seattle Seahawks team that has the offensive player of the month, the offensive rookie of the month on both sides of the ball. I mean, this team is balling out right now. Our leading receiver in this game. Can we get, how about, how about we throw out some guesses? Stav, who do you think the leading receiver was in this game? Who? I'm sorry. I missed the team kind of cut out there. Uh, for the Seahawks, for the Seahawks. It, it was it. If you're asking it, it's probably Just not a DK. guess. It's not DK or Tyler Lockett. So I'm going to say Marquise Goodwin. Didn't play in this game. He didn't play. Oh, shoot. I, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't even watch this game. That's all right. That's all right. He's another um, the Noah pick. Fant. Will, your guess? I didn't even watch this game either. Honestly, if you watch this game, it wouldn't be obvious. Was it Noah Fant? Yes, it was. Tyler oh, yeah, Lockett and DK both caught a touchdown, but Noah Fant had 96 yards off of five receptions. He had a 51-yard bomb where he got a ball. He broke like two tackles. Geno Smith steady making the right plays. 26 completions off of 34 attempts. Kenneth Walker another 100 yards. Um, Kenneth Walker just puts games away. That's you know, what I was going to say. I leading the NFL in fourth quarter touchdowns. He's doing it at a very high rate. I want to say he has either six or seven. But there was really never a doubt, in my opinion, in this game. And my guy of the week, my guy of the week is going to be on the Seattle Seahawks. It's going to be Tariq Woolen. He held DeAndre Hopkins when he was guarding him. I think he guarded him. It was either like 11 or 12 plays. One reception, three yards in, in like 11 or 12 plays. DeAndre Hopkins obviously still had a pretty – actually, no, he didn't even really have a good game. But he did score a touchdown on Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, as well, leads the league in forced fumbles. So, I mean, you know, the rookies are performing at a very high rate. We look very good. And I'm officially off the tank train. I'm letting the Broncos doing the tanking because we have their first-round pick as well. Do you? Do they actually? Yeah, we have their first-round pick. We have Denver's first-round pick. Oh, so you might get a top-half draft pick out of that. You probably yeah. will. We will. So They're three and six. Wow. I, I, three I, knew, I knew that. You yeah. have you guys we have theirs and we have pick. ours now. We we haven't had ours in a while because of the Jamal Adams trade, but we have two first round picks this year. That's exactly like that's exactly yeah. what you need. So I mean, we're and, gonna keep building. We're gonna keep building up. Uh, we're gonna secure some defense in, in that draft. Maybe sign Lamar Jackson in free agency, and we're gonna be the best team in football. Um, Griff, shout out Geno Smith. That's why I'm up in the Jets today. If hypothetically you don't sign Lamar Jackson, are you fine with rolling with Geno Smith until it yes. doesn't work? Okay. Yeah, I mean, Geno Smith has two or three more years of, uh, I was about to say eligibility, like he was in college, um, but like of performance, I guess you could say. Like he, he's he been waiting to do this for so long that I think he's going to ride that high for like a couple of years and it's going to be like, what the hell? Because Geno was good before he got hurt. I mean, he was, not, he was nuts at West Virginia in that offense that he completely mastered. Um, and he's been with the Seahawks for two or three years now, just learning the offense, perfecting the offense. I mean, one of the greatest moves in coaching history, um, which will be displayed once we make it to the NFC Championship this year. Um, what was I going to say? Let's talk about the other half of the spectrum here, too, with the Arizona Cardinals, a team that we constantly call the worst team in the league and a team mm -hmm. that we hate on Kyler Murray. Um they're in a weird position here because 
they I feel like they're good enough to make a push to the postseason, but I feel like they never will take that step. I feel like I mean there's a clip released like an early sneak peek at the hard knocks that's coming out tonight. Tonight. Um of Buddha Baker literally crying because it feels like no one in that locker room cares. And when you see a guy like that, like Buddha Baker, an all pro player who's visibly best player, best player on the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. And he's visibly frustrated and this team's so disconnected right now where I think that Cliff Kingsbury, if they lose this week, they play this week against the Los Angeles Rams on the road. I wouldn't be surprised. I I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, Cliff Kingsbury got booted out of the team, if, if they don't win this week. Yeah. I mean, he's been very unsuccessful and I want to say again, Buda Baker, um, you know, very friendly guy, went to Washington. He has great connections. Even though you say it's a rivalry, when you watch the Seahawks play the Cardinals, Buda Baker is talking to Coach Pete Carroll. He's talking to all, all the other uh, teammates. He's great friends with DK Metcalf as well, Tyler Lockett. Buda Baker could be our next strong safety. Um, Here's my – There's I'm, a lot of things. There's a lot of connections to Seattle in this episode. I'm pulling a will take right here. Cliff Kingsbury will get fired. If they lose this week, wow, Will, Will, how do you feel about him trying to jack your whole flow? Do you think he's going to be right? Um, I, I actually, I agree with that. I feel like it's time. Wow, wow, I like the that call. Equinox, the IT five Equinox. I Should mean, I hop on it? Yeah, I might yeah. as well. Yeah, they're going to lose this week, and he's going to get fired. Like they're I don't see lose. why he wouldn't get fired if they lost. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're going to lose seven, by ten to the Rams, six. and it's going to be like, what are you, what are we doing here? Well, all right. The reason why I say this is because Matt Stafford is in, is in concussion protocol. So if he doesn't play this week and they, and they lose, lose, he's gone. There's there's no way around it. He's gone. John right. Wolford. Remember him in the playoffs against Seattle? Yeah. Yeah. That game. John Wolford's their backup quarterback. So I'd be, I'd be nervous. Wake Forest, great. I didn't even realize he was still on that team. All right. Yeah. This is the last game we plan on recapping yeah, for deal. week nine. Uh, we said Sunday night, right? The Tennessee Titans at the Kansas City Chiefs. Malik Wilson or Malik Willis sucks. No, no. Yeah. It's not that he sucks. It's that they don't give him a chance. They don't give him any chance. Malik Willis is good, dude. And he had a lot of moments. He started he to moments. a little bit. And then they just stopped believing in him. They don't I, believe in him at all, dude. He had a couple of balls where it was like, I think Malik Willis might be like an all-pro. And, and then they just stopped letting him throw the ball, and they're running the ball with their backup running back. Like, well, where is Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry should get 40 touches a game. I'm sorry. They I, I, in that game. They should have won Derrick that game. They, they, choked. Should, they choked. Derrick Henry should run the ball so much that he doesn't practice for Wednesday and Thursday just because he ran the ball that much. Um, did you guys see that? You know, the clip of like Julian Newman just dribbling in place. Yes, yes. they're like, This is Malik Willis in the pocket. And I thought I that mean, was pretty funny. I mean, but, it was I mean, five for 16. I don't like the way they call plays for him, but I, I mean, agree. He ran for 40 yards. I just really don't like the play calling from because when you go from Tannehill to Malik Willis, you can't run the same plays. You you cannot run the same plays. They they fed, fed him to the Wolves, they fed him to the Wolves Sunday night football against the Kansas City. Teams, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean that they, was a pure slate for him to get killed, and they only lost by three points in overtime. Yeah, that overtime drive was helpless. Willis. Willis. They didn't they didn't even run the ball in overtime. They're, you know, it's like there's no, five they didn't minutes. run the ball at all. They didn't do anything in overtime. I think they went three and out. Like 
five <laughs> minutes left in the game, you have time to get into field goal range if you run the ball. It's like the kids we played in Madden before, but a little too much, where they just ran the ball out until there's 30 seconds left in the game. You needed a touchdown, but they only needed three. They just needed to get into field goal range to at least tie it. I mean, you, you, I know we hate ties, but like standings wise, a tie is way better than a loss. So if you tie with Malik Willis, there's more against what a lot of people say the best team in the AFC. If you can prove that you can hang with them on the road. A tie there would have been huge because hypothetically you could overtake them in the standings, and a home playoff game is way better than going into yep. Arrowhead. Yep. Um, yeah, but and I, I, mean, and I want to say the Chiefs are my best team in the AFC, even with a close win against this team. I think that they could beat any other team in the AFC. Yeah. That's just how I feel. Because Stav said the Dolphins, and when I was hesitating on that, it was because I think the Chiefs. It's just, I mean, when it comes down to it, you have 60 minutes to get it done. And it's Tua Tungavailoa versus Patrick Mahomes. I would almost laugh in your face, even even with the other players on that team. When it comes down to make a making a play, and you need your one guy to make a play, Patrick Mahomes is going to do it, and Tua's not. Tua's going to fold under pressure, even though he's done it in the stages in college. He was on the best team ever in college. You, I mean, debatable. I, I would say LSU than that Bama team for in terms of the 2010s, 2000. Actually, the 2000s in general, those are my top two teams. That team that Tua had and then the team that Joe Burrow had. He was on the greatest team almost ever, and now he has the greatest receivers ever. If you actually need him to make a play, he won't. That's why he got pulled in college as well. He sucks. He sucks. And I like Tua, but he sucks. I hear that recaps NFL Week 9. Let's hop into our predictions for Week 10. Um this is an interesting slate. There's going to be a lot of good games, in my opinion. And we'll start with Thursday Night Football, boys. We have the Atlanta Falcons at the Carolina Panthers. The Falcons, coming off of a tough loss against the Chargers, are three-point favorites on the road against a bad Panthers team. What do we think, boys? I mean, I got Atlanta minus three here, and I love the over set at 43 and a half. Well, um, hold up. I'm trying to pull it up again. I got you. I got you. I'm going Atlanta. I'm going the over as well. Um, and I think I'm actually fun fact. I have Marcus Mariota and Justin Herbert in fantasy. I'm starting Mariota this week. It's a big week for Mariota. Big week. Um, Cordell Patterson, anytime touchdown. Mariota. Um, Mariota. No, you know, no, no. But Cordell Patterson, anytime touchdown score this week. I'm writing that down. Falcons minus three and the under. Well, you're under. Under. Okay. Well, okay. Divisional game. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you with that. Falcons minus three. Um, I love the Falcons, to be honest. I, I think they're a fun team, and yeah. especially with like Kyle, well. Kyle Pitts is getting um he's getting more action. I know yes. he doesn't really put That's up cool. fantasy numbers, but I, when that offense is clicking, they're fun to watch. I mean, you have Mariota who's playing a great brand of football right now. Cordero Patterson returning off the IR, having a great game. Um I'm I'm happy to see. I'm excited to see where this team goes because this division's still up for grabs. I know they kind of lost yeah. that division first seed this week, but they're very well. They very well could have been first in this division. This was a very easy. This was an, a winnable game that they literally fumbled away. After for those who didn't watch the Chargers Falcons game, uh, they for, the Falcons forced a fumble on Austin Eckler. The defensive lineman for I forget who it was for the Falcons picked it up. Ran it to like the fifty, and then just dropped it and fumbled, and the Chargers recovered. And then yes, 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 yes. I mean, they've been in a lot of close games, and 
it's a team I've been talking about since the start of the season. They're fun and exciting, and they're kind of young. They're not very young, but I won't give them the official title. Um, they've been a fun team to watch all year, and they're going to win this game. They're going to win this game. All right, Griff, I want you to intro this one. We have yeah. your Seattle Seahawks versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm saying versus because this game's in Munich, Germany. Griff, what do you say? I mean, it's a home game. The The people of Munich love Geno Smith. Um, they love what he's about. You know, they've been following him. I saw a post from NFL UK. Um, it was a picture of Geno Smith's face on the Allianz. So, I mean, that's where they're playing the game. One of the most beautiful stadiums in, in the world. This is a Seahawks home game. The Seahawks are the team of Germany. And the Seahawks, I mean, have no business being an underdog in this game. Buccaneers minus three. Wipe that off. Lock of the week. Seattle Seahawks plus three in Munich. I'm taking the over as well. Geno Smith, two touchdowns. Kung Fu Kenny, at least one touchdown in this game as well. Love the over. And I love Seahawks plus three. I would love them at Moneyline. That's going to be my lock of the week, Will. I'm going to tail Griff on that, too. I have Seahawks plus three in the over. This game is for Aaron Doncor, the linebacker of the Seattle, the Seattle Seahawks, German native. Um, I'm going to tell you guys that the spread, I love Seahawks plus three. Um, even if we want to. Wait, Will, who? Aaron Doncor? I have no idea who that is. Dude. I actually don't know who that is. From Germany. This he has not played. Ever. But this he game is not played. But it's for I mean, it's a home game. It's a home game. Keep sorry, stop. Carry on. Um, I'm telling you guys with the spread. I love the the, geez, the Seahawks plus three, three here. I mean, that it's weird because they are the better team. Like if you even watch that game, the the Bucks won against the Rams. The Rams choked that game. They played terrible in that last drive. They were just cushioning, letting the Bucks get right down the field. And the Bucks still look out of sorts. I know they won. They're first in the NFC South, but that really doesn't mean anything. I got the Seahawks plus three, and I have the under set. The under set at a forty-four and a half. Yeah. I, I love the under just because you know it's a it's a different field, different. Field. You love the overseas unders. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. So it's it just like I, I I like the Seahawks offense. It's just I don't like Tampa Bay's offense, and I think oh, Tampa Bay's. I actually, I sorry, I forgot to explain why I took the over. Oh yeah, go ahead. They're playing at the Allianz. Um, home of Bayern Munich, famous club, um, members of the Bundesliga, and it is very, very, very well known that the over hits in almost every single Bayern Munich game, at the Allianz especially. The Bundesliga is the top goal-scoring league in all of the world. So, I mean, it's a fast pitch. It's a fast pitch. It is. You, you, do you like? Do you get my understanding? Will remember oh, no, we were grinding out a Dortmund Bayern over at hot table. Any Bundesliga game, you look at the over. You just have to. It's root. at like five, and then the final score is like six to three. Yeah, like they they score a lot of goals in the Bundesliga. You also have to think of um, Alfonso Davies plays for Bayern Munich. He's probably the fastest player on the pitch at all times. He flies like he looks ten times faster on that pitch anywhere else in the world. Marquis Goodwin, also Olympic sprinter. So if he's playing in this game, you put him overseas. He's done this before. Uh, Marquis Goodwin, anytime touchdown. Throw that in, stop. I have a lot of props <laughs> this week. None of mine hit last week. I'm throwing so many props this week. So right now for you, I have um, – I have three, and I know you have four. I miss one of the Seahawks ones. I have Cordero Patterson, Kenneth Walker, and Marquis Goodwin. Um, Geno Smith, two touchdowns. 
passing. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm, 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 I'm writing off. all of these down. All right. Yeah. yeah. Next picks. game on the slate, we have the Minnesota Vikings at the Buffalo Bills. This is an awesome game, boys. Like, regardless yes. of who's the quarterback for the Bills, I, I, I assume it's going to be Josh Allen. But the line yeah. has moved a lot, which makes me question. A lot. Because it started at, what, seven and a half in favor of the Bills, and now it's down yeah. to four. We never see it. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It started at eight, and now it's down to four. You cut off four points, Josh Allen probably isn't playing. But Case Keenum revenge game. So that doesn't mean much, but I have Minnesota plus four here. I have Minnesota plus four regardless if Josh Allen plays or not. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Stava, I'm I'm with you as well, and I'm taking the under here. Even at 43 and a half, um, the Vikings' defense has been electric all year. I think they control this game, and I mean they're going to be so focused on the pass because the Bills can't run. The Vikings' very smart team, and I mean I think a lot of people are sleeping on Minnesota. This is actually a potential Super Bowl matchup. I want to say Minnesota has been very good this year, and it's been in large part to them getting the ball to their best players, and they're going to continue to do that. Um, I like the Vikings plus four here, and I like the under. Okay, I have a I have an anytime touchdown prop, Dalvin Cook. Let's hear it, Dalvin Cook. Okay, I'm also I'm going to be taking Minnesota plus four, and I'm going to take the over in this game. Um, I like that pick style with Dalvin Cook. I'm going to go Kirk Cousins over two touchdowns thrown. Okay, all right. Next game on the I also have the over. I don't think I mentioned that we have the Detroit. Lions at the Chicago Bears. The Bears return home after a home game last week. I don't know why I said that. But <laughs> the Bears are favored by three points, and I love it. I love the Bears minus three. Yep. And that's my lock of the week. Chicago Bears oh. minus three at home against the Detroit Lions. The Bears will move to four and five, right? Or no, I'm sorry. Is it four and five or four and six? Four and six, I believe. Yeah, they're going to move to four and six. Bears minus three. Book it. Justin Fields. Two rushing touchdowns. I'm going to take the Bears. Wow. And you took the over the under? Yeah. Oh, I'm picking the over here at 48 and a half. Okay, I'm, I'm riding with you then. I'm riding with you. Bears over. This is going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going to go Bears under. All right, next. Next game <laughs> on the slate, we have the, the Denver Broncos at the Tennessee Titans. What a terrible game. (laughs) I I tried to get excited by that. I couldn't. Um, This might be one of the worst games of the season. The Titans are favored by two and a half points at home. 
yeah, sure, I'll pick them, and I'm picking the under at 38 and a half. Same. Titans on there. Titans on there. The Broncos yeah. stink. I want the pick. Titans yeah. on there. I got next. Yeah, that next game on the <laughs> slate, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are nine and a half point favorites. You want to know my wild take? I got Jacksonville plus nine and a half here. And I'll tell you I'm why. I'm taking the under as well. A lot of points. Yes, I'm um, taking the under. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, fun fact, can't play football in anything under 70 degrees Fahrenheit in perfectly clear skies. Uh, Kansas City, minus nine and a half, the over. Kansas City's going to score at least five touchdowns in the first half. Um, the Jack, <laughs> no, nah, I don't know. But ETN's been, you know, getting activated. Trevor Lawrence been, has been trying to figure out he can't. Both defenses, not not great. I'm taking the over here. I think Kansas City beats them by uh, three touchdowns. I'm riding with you, Griff, on this one. I think this is the week Kansas City shows their potential on offense. They're going to go off for a lot of touchdowns this week. Oh, I have another Tony anytime. Yep. Oh, God damn it, I was going to take that one. I was just about to say that. We don't. We both can have it. Who cares? Yeah, we can both have this, it. Dude, I have is... six picks. Somebody's got to take something, you know? <laughs> this is – have so be... many picks this week. I've yeah. just been like looking at games and it's like, okay, who could score in this game? I didn't even looking. Right. I didn't well, even have a lock of the week. Chris, I was like, I'm taking the Seahawks no matter what. On Sunday, can we like actually parlay? <laughs> yeah, can you send me them because I'm gonna put, I'm yeah. gonna actually put them down. I, I'm, I'm not writing all of these down. There's a lot, but I'm putting at least five of them down. Okay, next game we have the Cleveland Browns at the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are favored by three and a half points. I got the Dolphins three and a half points here. I think they're going to dominate this game. I think it's actually going to be a blowout. The over-under is set at um, 49, and I have the under in that. Dolphins under. Dolphins over. I like that from you, Will. Yeah, I like the you, variety. Will. Thank you, Will. It's All really right. helping with our validity. Yep. Mm-hmm. Next game on the slate, we have the game of the week, in my opinion, Houston Texans at the New York Giants. This is an under game, even though it's at 40 and a half. And I have Houston plus four and a half. Brandon Cooks, anytime touchdown. Giants, <laughs> minus four and a half over Saquon, two touchdowns and over rushing yards. Um, Brandon Cooks, who didn't play last week because he wanted to get traded and didn't. So that's a great pick from you. They'll probably get that at good odds. Um, <laughs> Giants minus five. The over Davis Mills, two plus touchdowns. Danny Dimes, he's running one in and parlay that up with Saquon to score once. But take All away right. the Davis Mills. Take away the Davis Mills. <laughs> I, I, didn't even, I didn't even notice that you said that. Yeah, give me give me a parlay anytime touchdown, uh, Danny Jones and Saquon. Both running. Yes. Okay. No Saquon throwing. I mean, I, I don't. I'm going to say it now. I'm going to say it now. You know. Hey, we're a podcast about ending quotes when we're right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the New Orleans Saints at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dude. <laughs> Pittsburgh is two and a half point underdogs. I have the Saints minus two and a half. I would tease this to five and a half if I'm being honest. I love the Saints minus two and a half, and I love them at minus five and a half. 
Yeah, yeah. Give me, give me the Saints. Give me the under in this game. I have the over at forty-one and a half. I'll take Saints under Olave anytime touchdown score. Mm, here we go. We're flo- we're like yeah. just throwing out props. I mean, right, right now. Well, did you say over or under at forty-one and a half? I didn't hear that. Under. Like, we'll take, okay. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's just like you throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. So. Um, if, you know, if we don't hit any of these, we're done with props. Oh, absolutely. If not one of us, I mean, Griff, someone has to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many picks do I have? How many picks do I have? Right? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six is a lot. And I usually fact, take two seven games. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I said I was going to take a break, and then I took a break for like three games, but then the fourth game I put, took like No, you didn't. Games. Oh, yeah, no, you, you took a lot of games. Yeah, okay, that's right, that's right, that's right. I was thinking, okay, anyways, we have another great game, the Indianapolis Colts at the recently fired head coach Josh McDaniels at the Las Vegas Raiders. You so know yeah, what can, time it is. I can poke fun you of myself. You know what time it is. Indy is favorite, or on six and a half point underdogs, and I love it. I love the Colts plus six and a half. I don't think they're going to win. But it's just like one of those low-scoring games. I have the under as well, where the guys just rally around their coach, right? He's a, he's a that two new head coaches this week. Head coach, new head coach versus new head coach. Colts Raiders. I don't know if you're joking along with me. Because <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know like how it. I like. No, I was there when you got got. Yeah, I don't know. That, okay, anyways, so I have the Colts plus six and a half, but I have the Raiders winning outright. I'm not touching any any player touchdowns here. Anyway. No, you can't. Uh, and I'm I'm taking the Raiders here. Um, the Colts suck. Their head coach sucks. Usually, you want to take. You know, our rule here at Inside the Five is when a team fires their coach, you take them the next week. I think this is a rare exception. I agree. That is a rare exception. I'm gonna take the Raiders minus five and a half in the under. Six and a half. You love it at six and a half. <laughs> Will loves it at six. It and says on the thing five and a half. Like if you were to bet on it. Oh, did it just update the on, on the actual thing? It says five and a half, like on bad journalism, but there. Oh um, you're right. It must have just updated because when I wrote it, it was six and a half. That's weird. Weird. Okay, um, well, what do we want? Do we want to keep it at six and a half or five and a half? And now it's five and a half. Oh, wait, what? Now it's changed. What is happening? I'll take it at either. Uh, we'll say six and a half. I love it, I love it at both. Yeah, right, I'll take it at either. <laughs> All right. Here we have my – this was a debate for lock of the week. The Dallas Cowboys at the Green Bay Packers. The Cowboys are favored by five mm-hmm. points coming off of their bye week. I love the Cowboys minus five here. I think that yep. they just dominate this game on all phases of the ball, offense, defense, and special teams. So Cowboys minus five. And I Cowboys have the over five in this game. And, and the over. Yep. Cowboys, Cowboys minus five, over, lock of the week. Zeke gets in the end zone. Tony Pollard gets in the end zone. And CeeDee Lamb gets in the end zone. Wow. Wow. Parlayed? Parlayed. Wow. Parlayed. Wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Zeke plus Pollard. Plus CD. Parlayed. Yeah, I, ha- I have that. Um, and what do we say about the over-under, boys? Over. over. Nice. We all have the over in this game. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the 
Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams. Recent developments might have changed this line. The Cardinals are three-point underdogs, but who cares? I, I'm just basing this based off of where I got the lines. Um, Cardinals plus three. If Matt Stafford doesn't play, then, yeah, they, they should cover three points. I just think that they're still going to lose. Um, I'm going Rams minus three. Doesn't matter who plays. I've seen John Wolford firsthand. He knows how to win football games. Trust me. Um, I'm taking the under. I also am taking the under. I'm going to ride with Griff on that one. I like Rams under. I feel great about my pants this week. I mean, that's the beauty of it. We all feel great about them, and then we'll go 30 I I did not feel good about my picks last week. They actually did better than I thought they were going to. I felt like shit about my picks last week. And here's legitimately the game of the week, actually. Yes. It has to be. We have the Los Angeles Chargers, our Los Angeles Chargers, at the San Francisco 49ers. The Chargers are seven-point underdog. Gets a lot of points for a good offense. I got the Chargers plus seven, and I have the over set at 45-and-a-half. I'm just rooting for great football. Great football, and great football will lead to the Chargers plus seven and the over. Love it. Riding along. All right. There we go. And then Monday. What was that? You're with us with the Chargers? I said there was a lot of points, and uh, I'm just waiting for points. great football. Way too many points. All right, hold on. I, my Excel is glitching out, so I don't know what the fuck is going on. There we go. <clears throat> seven. Okay, there we go. All right, let's move on to Monday Night Football, a battle between two teams, the NFC Beast. We have the <laughs> Washington Commanders. At the Philadelphia Eagles. I have the Washington Commanders plus 10 and a half. Taylor Heineke is electric. He's going to hit Terry McLaurin for a touchdown. Antonio Gibson is going to score a touchdown. Jalen Hurts is going to rush for a touchdown. And A.J. Parley. Brown is going to score a touchdown. Parlay. Boom. Parlay. Parlay. So, and this is like, this reminds me of when you first like get onto a book. And you just yeah. parlay everything. Everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, I, mean, that's, I mean, so you're rooting for the over, too, I would hope. Yes. The over okay. to that 44, I have the over. The, I think. Give me Eagles minus 10 and a half and the over. I think they killed them. All right. Take, I'm taking the commanders. I'm taking the commanders. Commanders under Taylor Heineke have covered the spread in every game. Um, they're going to continue to do so. Ten and a half, a lot of points. I think the Eagles win this game by a touchdown. I don't think they win this by more than a touchdown in the field goal. I'm taking the over as well. I have no player props for this game. I've taken too many this week. No, you you haven't. Never Jalen have. Hurts, anytime touchdowns. There we go. Throw it in. Rushing or receiving. Just anything. That, just if yeah. you were to put in a bet, anytime touchdown, which means he's not. Offensive touchdown, first score, Eagles. First score, defensive touchdown to Eagles. Put that in for Will. Yeah. It's a prop. Why not? Monday Night Football, anything can happen. I do want to say, um, before we wrap up this episode, I forgot to cover last week, um, Roquan Smith in the new defense with the Ravens was electric. Roquan Smith, my guy of the week um, on on the AFC side of the ball. Um, Sauce Gardner, close runner-up. But, I, you know, he was the guy that stood out to me. 
this week was Roquan Smith uh, wearing number 18 at the middle linebacker position. It was a little goofy, but he had a fantastic game for the Ravens this week. So he's my AFC guy of the week. I actually wanted to say bum of the week, Aaron Rodgers. No other comment. All right. Can we go over the picks, our um, touchdown props? Yes. So, Griff, you have Cordero Patterson, Kenneth Walker, Marquise Goodwin, Dino has two passing touchdowns, Kadarius Toney, Saquon Barkley, and Daniel Jones parlayed rushing or receiving, and Jalen Hurts rushing or receiving. Next, William, you have Kirk Cousin. Kirk Cousin. Kirk Cousins over two passing touchdowns. Saquon, two rushing touchdowns. Chris Olave, Zeke, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb parlayed. First defensive touchdown – our first score is a defensive touchdown from the Eagles. And then me. I have Dalvin Cook, Justin Fields, two rushing touchdowns, Kadarius Toney, Brandon Cooks, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, Jalen Hurts, and A.J. Brown, anytime touchdown, parlayed, book it. If, if you want to win money, this is literally free, uh, free money listening to this podcast because all of these are going to hit. I might parlay every single thing that we've mentioned. It's all hundred dollars on it. Sounded like a whole lot of locks. Yeah, well, all I see is just like free money. Like, if you want to win, like your mortgage for the year, just listen to this and throw your money in a parlay. Everything all in one parlay. I feel good about this week in general. Our picks, our props, our over unders. I I I like us this week. I I do too. I mean, I'm very excited to see what happens. I, I I mean. We kind of – we have a lot of variety here, especially with a lot of the over-unders. Um, we have a few games where we pick the same, but a lot of them aren't really picked the same. Which- I, I, I want to say Will did a great job of varietizing our picks. Yeah, great job. Thank you. You like the vocab for me, Will? Yeah. I, like I do this. I do this. But, yeah, I mean, I think this is going to wrap it up, right? Yeah, it has to. We ended this ec- – this episode was electric. This is just a treat yeah. for the viewers. Yeah, you know, Listeners. a little two and one, week nine, week ten. We're getting ready. We're going on to the second half of this NFL season, a beautiful season that it is. Um, we hope you guys enjoyed. Am I in black and white? No. It like looks like it, but you're not. It's probably your um LED lights reflecting off of your camera improperly. But we hope you guys enjoyed anyways. Um we will catch you guys next week. Um, we will be talking about college basketball in the next episode. I'm giving you that as a heads up, but also a heads up to my co-host here. Um, but we'll catch you. We got a lot of sports coming up within the next few weeks. It's going to get very exciting. We hope you guys enjoyed, and peace. Peace. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet.